right, here we go. It's the Tuesday, April 12th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We have got you covered on a variety of action ranging from the NBA play-in games to the Diamonds. So sit back and relax. We'll get you set with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside the cavity-less Tyler Folgem, my name is Joe Fortenball. <laughs> What an appearance at the dentist this morning, my friend. Zero cavities lifetime for you? Yeah, it was a uh, minus 2,000, or yeah, minus 2,000, pardon me, that I'd stay <laughs> cavity free. That's the case. Hygienist said I have beautiful teeth. So, I mean, the day is just off to a, a flying start, whether she was blowing smoke up my you know what or was telling the truth. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have beautiful teeth or not, but I'll take the compliment. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to be an optimist today. The NBA playoffs are starting. We've got about two months of basketball picks coming your way. So I'm going to go optimism route. I'm going to say you have beautiful teeth. She's right. And you're due for a hot day. So we'll start with you. And we'll start with the big <laughs> game tonight. It's the Brooklyn Nets. They're laying nine and a half total of 226 and a half against the Cleveland Cavaliers. This game opened Brooklyn minus eight and a half and has been bet up to nine and a half. So we've seen some Nets money. Total open 229 and a half and has been bet down to 226 and a half. So we've seen some under money side total prop laid on me. What do you got? I'll start with the side. I like the Cavs plus the points. Uh, it's now approaching 10 at nine and a half. And I don't know how many times I've said it. I feel like it's the one uh, piece of information that I have uttered more often than any other piece of information on in the history of daily wager. The <laughs> Nets stink at covering the number at home. They were 9-33-1 ATS at home this season. The next, you know, worst team or the next team in terms of failing to cover was the Orlando Magic, and they covered like 15 games at home. So the Nets were like 60% worse at covering the number at home than the Orlando Magic. They were 6-26 and ATS as a home favorite this season. So this is just something that they did not excel at. They, whatever it is, either the market overvaluing how good this team is. Maybe they don't have a true home court advantage. Maybe teams get fired up to play them when they come to Barclays. I don't know what it is. And before anyone utters, well, they didn't have Kyrie Irving at home for much of the season. Duh, the market wasn't pricing in Kyrie Irving's availability for any home games this season. And have you checked the production in terms of ATS at home and straight up record at home since Kyrie's returned, the same pattern has continued. So I'm just going to continue to ride the fact that the market wildly overvalues the Brooklyn Nets at home, probably because they think, oh, well, KD and Kyrie can beat anyone. The Cavaliers are a decent team, especially since they can get stops, something the Brooklyn Nets cannot do. That's probably the biggest reason why they don't cover at home. So I like the Cavs plus the number. Even without Jared Allen, I think Darius Garland's balling. I think you've got role players that complement and Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro who can try and make things difficult on Kevin Durant. You have Kevin Love and Lowry Markinen, some bigs who can fire from deep. So nine and a half is just too much in what is essentially a playoff game where possessions are going to be extra valued and against a team in Brooklyn that just sucked all year long in this spot. 
Very passionate. It's clear that the nitrous from the dentist's office has not worn off. <laughs> Very excited with the pick this morning. Glad you got the side because I got the total. I'm going under 226 and a half. The number's too high. This is playoff basketball. This is not regular season basketball. It's important to create that distinction because there's value in unders early in the playoffs. We'll talk more about that when it comes to game ones later in the week as we get into these playoff series. But I want you to look at something. Over each of the last four years, scoring has been on the rise in the NBA during the regular season. 212 to 222 to 223 to 224 points per game. Now, postseason scoring is on the rise as well. But it's still about four to five points less per game than what we see during the regular season. Now, you might think, okay, now we'll just blindly bet unders in the playoffs. No, because the bookmakers and the public eventually catch up. But they don't catch up early. We're still in that frame of mind that there's lots of scoring. Nobody plays defense, tons of points, high totals. This is a monster total, 226 and a half, for a Cleveland team that you mentioned plays very good defense, top five in efficiency, and very slow in pace, 25th. Brooklyn, everyone will focus on them and say the defense sucks. It does. It sucked during the regular season. But in the playoffs, they're going to ratchet it up. I want you to look at like three games down the stretch that they played that were big games when Kyrie came back. They had the game against Philadelphia where they held the Sixers to like 100 points. They had the game against Miami where they held the Heat to 95 points. And they had the game against the Bucs where they held them to 110 in regulation. It went overtime. The Bucs won with like 120. But 110 in regulation is still below Milwaukee's season average. When the Nets want to play defense, they can get some stops. They're not going to be the 0405 Pistons by any stretch of the imagination. But this is the total of 226.5 with a Cleveland team that wants to go under I'm going to play the under in this game. I've also got a prop for you, not an exciting one. Andre Drummond, his assist prop is one and a half. I'm going to play the over. It's plus 170. I can't turn down the price. Drummond's had at least one assist in 63 of 73 games this season. That's 86%. So the floor is very high. Essentially, plus 170 to get that second assist. That's what I'm betting. I'm betting he can do it. I think he's going to play big minutes tonight because this is a play-in game. Uh, He did play Cleveland on April 8th. He notched two assists in just 23 minutes in that game. That's not much of an indicator, but it's worth (laughs) mentioning. So Drummond over one and a half assists plus 170. Any props there or you want to move to the next game? Yeah, I got uh, Kevin Love I'm eyeing because we know Jared Allen is unavailable. I think Love, who, you know, is no longer the the love that we knew uh, back in uh, earlier in his career. But I think uh, Bernie Bickerstaff will ask him to play a few extra minutes. So I think, you know, projecting 23 to 26 minutes is not out of the uh, is not something that is outrageous. So I'm looking over 18 and a half points plus rebounds and over two and a half made three point field goals. That's plus 120. Now he's cleared both of these thresholds. 18 and a half points plus rebounds and two and a half three point field goals in four of his last five games. He's averaging 15 points per game and eight and a half rebounds per game. That would easily get over the 18 and a half if those uh, numbers continue. And that's in just 22 minutes per game. So again, if he gets a few extra minutes because this is a, uh, you know, quote unquote, do or die game trying to get that seven spot, um, I can easily see that happening. This is a guy who's knocking down 39.2% of his three point attempts this season. So he's a really good, accurate shooter at almost 40%. And he's averaging north of six attempts per game. So if we can get him to seven, eight, nine attempts, I feel really good based on his accuracy, his marksmanship from deep, that we can get those three made field goals, uh, three-point field goals, pardon me. And I do expect a few extra minutes. He can't play 30 anymore, I don't think. But uh, something in the mid to maybe even stretching into the upper 20s, I think it's in a good spot because Brooklyn struggles to defend the uh, bigs. 
There will be some added usage there with the uh, absence of Jared Allen, and I think it'll just be firing from deep uh, all day long. I like it. And if I'm wrong on the under, that's only going to help you with love putting up big stats. So I can't bet against that. I like what you're thinking there. Game number two, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Everybody's darling this season. They're laying three, total of 230 and a half against the Paul George-led Los Angeles Clippers. More on that in a bit. George has transformed this team completely in the final couple weeks of the season. No moves whatsoever. Minnesota open three. They're still three. Total open 230 and a half, still 230 and a half. What's the play here? Yeah, I, I think everyone's darling is, a, is actually a metaphor for or a euphemism for Joe Fortenbaugh's darling. I know you love this I, Minnesota I love team prior love to the season, and they absolutely uh, backed you up all season long. You know, another um, common refrain when it comes to the T-Wolves that I like to talk about, where are they playing this basketball game? Are they at home they're or on the road? playing this game in Minnesota, son. And that means they're going to have a top five defense. Somehow, some way, that's what the T-Wolves are when they play in Minneapolis. Tied for fourth in defensive rating at home this season, 106.7, I believe with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it was only the uh, Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics, and maybe the Dallas Mavericks that had a better home defensive rating than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, on the road, completely different story. They were bottom five. But this game is at home where they were dominant defensively all year long. The L.A. Clippers are a bottom 10 road offensive rating and pace team this season. Now, again, you have to count for a fact that much of that was done without Paul George, but I see this as an under game, even with George back making that Clipper deep offense, pardon me, look good. Uh, I'm going under 230 and a half. I believe, I think this number has been sinking a little bit uh, as we've looked at it, but the Clippers, when I, I dug into their over under rate this season, they had the fourth highest under rate on the road this season. So only three teams when they were playing on the road, cash the under more often than the LA Clippers this season. So add those two trends together. I think again, as we talk about playoff basketball possessions are more valued. They take a little bit longer to develop. I'm thinking unders are the way to go. And I think this is one of the four games that I really like to go under with Minnesota at home and the Clippers having Paul George back who improves their defense as well. And them showing that they were an under team on the road all season long. Yep. Can't doubt it. Um, I'm going to throw a Charlie Huff knuckleball here. Oh. I'm playing the Clippers plus the three. I think people will find that surprising because, like you said, I've been very pro-Minnesota this year. They've been great to me. This is a huge spot for them. Huge spot. I can't remember the last time Minnesota found itself in a situation where they had this miraculous regular season, and now it's all coming down to this. Now, granted, they lose this game. They still get the winner of the 9-10 game. They're not eliminated yet, but right. you would rather just handle your business here and I'm going to take the Clippers. So let's start with some math. Minnesota on the money line is minus 150, which implies a 60% chance of winning. I don't see it as 60%. I'd give them the edge. I'd give them maybe 53, 54%. I don't think it's 60%. And that's on the money line. I'm getting three points with the Clippers, so I'll take them there. Since Paul George has been activated, the Clippers are 6-1 and one straight up, 5-2 and two against the spread. Um, these guys were nails in the playoffs last year. I think a lot of people... Forget about that. I believe they fell down 2 nothing against Dallas in the opening round, came back to beat them, fell down 2 nothing in the second round. I can't even remember who that was against, came back and beat that team. Then they went toe-to-toe with Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals, and they put on a hell of a show. A lot of this was without Kyrie, Kyrie Leonard or Kawhi Leonard, excuse me. Um, Paul George can lead these guys, and I think they're going to come in and they're going to flip the switch here, and they're going to make this game very difficult for Minnesota. So based on the pricing, I will take the Clippers at plus three here. I'm also going to play a prop, Paul George over seven and a half rebounds. It's plus 110. Love the pricing here. 
played 31 games this season, eight or more rebounds in 16. So just over half, but that's at 34 minutes a game. He ain't playing 34 minutes a game tonight. He's going to be playing more. This is a huge matchup. The Clippers are a terrible rebounding team. They're going to need him on the glass. Minnesota's a terrible rebounding team. So they're going to, he's going to have an opportunity to take full advantage of that. You go back to the playoffs last year when Paul George turned it on. He had eight or more rebounds in 13 of 19 playoff games while averaging 9.6 rebounds per game. When Paul George turns it on, it's a completely different thing. We haven't seen it this season, so I think no one's really paying attention and the pricing's off. But once you see playoff P, you're going to see all these props start trickling up. So I'm going to take Paul George over seven and a half rebounds. Any props for this game tonight? Yeah, Reggie Jackson under 25 and a half points, assists and rebounds. Because of Paul George's return, obviously there's less usage for Reggie Jackson to absorb. There's less box score for him to take advantage of because of how Paul George affects that. And he's likely to get the Patrick Beverly treatment. And we know Pat Bev is still a dog defensively and someone you don't want to see. It's also a revenge game for Pat Bev. And if that guy needs anything to get more fired up for a game, it just makes it scary for whoever is going to be trying to bring the ball up against him. So the matchup with Pat Beverly, that Minnesota team defense at home, the fact that I think it's an under game and the return of Paul George all conspire to have me betting the under on Reggie Jackson, 25 and a half points, assists, and rebounds. I almost feel dirty uh, listening to that because Reggie Jackson over points last year in the playoffs was awesome after Leonard got hurt. He had great opportunities and he was crushing that prop. And now I see you and Doug are both betting against him. And I kind of just feel bad because he was so good <laughs> to us last year, but that doesn't make it a bad bet by any stretch. Uh, before we say goodbye, any baseball on your card today? Yeah, my uh, Cardinals taking on the Royals in an I-70 interleague series at Bush Stadium. Cardinals are minus 160 on the money line. They are plus 120 on the run line, uh, minus 130 in the first five run line. Listen, I think the Cardinals uh, should win this game against Daniel Lynch and the Royals. Lynch is a lefty starter, and the Cardinals last year, one of the top offenses in Major League Baseball against left-handers. That makes sense because all of their big bats, guys like – Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Yadier Molina, now having Albert Pujols. They're all right-handers. Dylan Carlson and Tommy Edmond are switch hitters. So they will have a nice platoon advantage here. And Dakota Hudson is making his first start of the season for the Cardinals. And even though Adam Wainwright is the ace of staff with Jack Flaherty on the shelf right now, Dakota Hudson with Flaherty down definitely has the best stuff of any starter on the Cardinal staff. And I think Wainwright will gladly admit that at his advanced age. Hudson's a guy who uh, a few years ago before Tommy John won 16 games with an ERA that was barely above three. Had Tommy John last year, got back at the end of the season in the postseason, got to stretch it out, even though it was an abbreviated spring training and is ready to start. He is uh, behind Flaherty, the second most talented starter uh, on this team. And the Royals, despite having a young rookie and Bobby Witt and Sal Perez and some good bats, I think the Cardinal defense in a big ballpark against a left-handed starter is a good bounce back spot for St. Louis after they lost uh, a game. They had no business losing against the pirates on Sunday, their Monday affair against Pittsburgh was rained out. So I think they're eager to get back out there. Um, I, I don't think it's rose colored glasses for me, just a really good matchup and situation for St. Louis with Hudson being one of their top talented starters and them going against a left-handed pitcher, uh, which they uh, absolutely destroyed last year. All right. Very nice. I'm going to throw two your way one of which is at 410 Eastern. So keep that in mind. There are a lot of day games today, a lot of early games. Seattle plus 105 at the White Sox. Two reasons here, both deals with the pitching. 
Uh, Seattle's going to trot out the fifth man in their rotation today, 23-year-old righty rookie Matt Brash. This dude has surged through the Seattle system in the last like year plus. Three last year at high A, three and two with a two five five ERA. Got promoted to double A, two one three ERA. He had a huge spring to earn that number five spot. He's got an incredible strikeout rate. The guy can get swings and misses. And since this is his major league debut as a starter, uh, there's going to be very minimal tape and a scouting report for Chicago to study on this guy. Now, conversely, look at who the White Sox are trotting out there. Vince Velasquez, bomb, absolute bomb. You and I made a lot of money betting against Velasquez last year (laughs) when it came to overs, first five overs, uh, team total overs. If you want to play the Mariner team total over, go for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Velasquez had a 6.3 ERA last season stretched out across two teams, Philadelphia and San Diego. That wasn't an anomaly. The year before that, his ERA was just under six with the Phillies. Like the Phillies just dumped him. And the only reason he's with the White Sox is because of the Lance Lynn injury. He wasn't going to be in the rotation, but they needed a guy after Lynn got hurt to fill in for them. So boom, here comes Vince Velasquez. Uh, Seattle should have a great opportunity here. The fact that it's plus 105, I get that the Mariners are trotting a rookie out there. I'm going to take a shot with Seattle. Game number two tonight, 6.45 p.m. Eastern, Mets-Phillies. I'm going to play the Mets plus 130. The Mets, listen, the Mets can either go in the tank after what happened last night or they can show some resiliency. And the fact that I'm betting on resiliency shows that I'm going anti-Met here because they usually just go right into the tank. Four-run lead, four-nothing. They're dominating the Phillies the entire game. They give up five in the eighth. They lose the game five to four. Classic Mets. So today, look at what's happening. The Phils are going to trot Zach Wheeler out there, uh, who was phenomenal last season, first start of the year. Everyone's going to want to bet him. Last year against the Mets, he made three starts. The Mets did okay against him. All right. Wheeler had a 278 ERA, but against the Mets, it was 3.54. They did better than average against Zach Wheeler. Uh, the Mets are going to trot Tyler McGill out there. Had an excellent first start this season against Washington. Went five strong, only three hits, no runs, six strikeouts, and no walks. Plus 130, I think, is a bargain for the Mets. So I'll play them over the Philadelphia Phillies. And that is it for today. 10 minutes of the bets you needed, maybe a little bit more, as promised. Uh, Thanks for checking us out. Enjoy the games tonight. We got a lot more with play-ins tomorrow. And then we got series prices and all the good stuff coming for the start of the NBA playoffs. So buckle up, everyone. Thanks for checking us out. Daily Wager today, 6 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2. We'll see you tomorrow morning.